Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Hopefully, this first couple of weeks of January 2024 have been good to you and that you have been making some amazing changes in your life or continuing with the amazing changes that you started last year. This is a new year, so we finally have a new episode. Woo! So we have some new things that are coming this year that are going to happen relatively over the next couple of months. So the next couple of weeks, so you guys just keep tuning in, keep sharing, keep liking, keep commenting, doing everything that we've been doing. I appreciate so much everything that y'all have done, all the liking, sharing, commenting, listening. Just it's meant so, so much. But... Welcome to Hot Takes with M. I am so, so excited to get this in with you this year and just keep growing and learning with you all. Any new topics, anything you want me to discuss, just hit me on my social media, hit me on the Facebook, email, on the actual podcast itself because you can leave your answer the polls, answer the questions, and just let me know what you're thinking, and we'll get that right on up here to talk about, but we're going to go ahead and get into it with the weekly NFL roundup, basically, so we're just going to go through week 17, um, because that's the week we're on, (laughs) and then we'll go from there, really, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get right on into it, so we had the Jets, we had the Browns. This was not a very close game at all. 20-37 was the final score. Joe Flacco continues to be amazing. Another three touchdowns, over 300-yard performance. So, no surprises there. David Njoku has basically been electrifying ever since Joe Flacco has been brought aboard. You know, easily over 100 yards every single game. It was absolutely fantastic for fantasy <laughs> purposes. And the Cleaver Browns, I mean... Kind of really didn't know where their season was heading, especially after Deshaun Watson went down with injury, and they had to kind of circle through their rookie, and then they circle through somebody else, and then now we finally get to Joe Flacco, and you still really aren't sure what you're getting, essentially from a guy that was just sitting on his couch, but, you know, he's performed admirably, fantastically, and done pretty much everything that he was supposed to do, everything that you could ever expect, and then some, so Browns are in very good hands, they're going to make Pretty decent run in the playoffs, and who knows where it can go, honestly, because their defense is out of this world pretty much. One of the top three defenses in the league for sure. And, you know, they have the defense, they have a competent offense. I mean, there's no telling where this team can go. Just on the other hand, haven't really had that much of a success story this year. Lots of injuries, lots of unexpected things that happened, especially once Aaron Rodgers went down. You know, the Dalvin Cook um, pickup really didn't go as expected. You know, he's really not being used all that much and, you know, end up getting released. And now they had to circle back to Zach Wilson, who they were hoping to sit a year that he was out this week. So then Trevor Simeon started and you really weren't expecting nor wanting Trevor Simeon to start. No offense to him or anything, but they weren't expecting him to start or really give them any minutes outside of, you know, the backup backup quarterback, you know, practice squad reps and things like that nature. Now he's having to play a major, major role for them. And he just wasn't good. as lots of toss-up, lots of mix. He only threw for a touchdown over 200 yards. He threw a pick. Um, but it's just been a lot of turmoil in New York this season, unfortunately. They just didn't, weren't able to make a whole lot of things go like they were expecting to. Aaron Rodgers going down was a huge blow. 
um, and that definitely hurt their chances a lot because they had to go back to a guy. Like I said, they were playing to sit, let him learn, let him be educated a little bit more. And now ultimately they're probably going to move on from, you know, Zach Wilson anyway, which is probably the best thing to do. I think it's a, a change of scenery would do him a lot of good. I think that there is still something to get out of him, you know, kind of how we saw Carson Wentz go from, you know, Philly to the Colts, Matt Ryan to the Colts as well. You know, Joe Flacco coming off his couch. Like, there's, it's just all about the different situations that you're in. Or even seeing Tua down in Miami with a new coach that established a system around him. You know, we went from thinking that Tua was a bust to now he's a potential MVP candidate. You know what I'm saying? So it's all about having the right situation, having the right people around you to be able to put the player success basically at the forefront. Um, new York will probably have a much better season next season because Aaron Rodgers will be back. You know, Brees Hall will be another year removed from his, you know, torn ACL, even though he did amazing things this year. As, you know, as he's doing, they still have Garrett Wilson as a potential. Maybe they trade for Devontae Adams, you know. And then, obviously, Alan Lazard is still up there. Randall Cobb, they still have their tight ends. O-line's fairly decent. The defense is good. It's just always they've been that quarterback away. And they still were a quarterback away this year, you know. So, it sucks, you know, because you never want injuries to you know, define the season, but that's really all that can be established really from the Jets' season was just tons and tons of injuries that ultimately hurt them in the end. Getting into the most controversial game of the week, the Lions and Cowboys. Now, as a Cowboys fan, I'm going to admit, we had absolutely no business winning this game. No business. <laughs> um, I don't know what happened with that last play call at the end or, you know, the, the, the man, they say that Skipper didn't, you know, become eligible or whatever it was, but for me, my point of view, especially looking at the videos afterwards and stuff, it definitely looked like he did report eligible, so I really don't know how the Cowboys won this game, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, they can't be having those close games when it comes to playoff time, because you do something stupid like that, or, you know, a call doesn't go your way, and then you're going back home, you know, so... Let this be a lesson learned from them that, yeah, they got by with the skin of their teeth in this game, but if you have any type of close games like this and it comes down to, a, you know, a ref's call or going which way or the other, going your way or the other team's way, you better hope it goes your way because um, they just really underperformed this whole game. It really should have never even been this close, you know, but just missed opportunities after missed opportunities to really punctuate and really do something in the red zone, really, <laughs> or when we had the ball. I'm glad we won, but we definitely didn't deserve to win. There's no doubt about that. Did not deserve to win. Um, you know, Dak was another had another amazing game. Two touchdowns, over 300 yards. CeeDee Lamb was just, <laughs> you know, he's definitely established himself as a wide receiver one. So there's no doubt that we did the right thing trading Amari Cooper. However, we should have really kept Amari Cooper and let Michael Gallup go because he has not done anything of substance this year. And that's looking very much like a worse and worse contract by the day. <laughs> Seriously. Tony Pollard has just continuously struggled this year really to be that number one back. And I think ultimately we're probably not going to resign him, but we would do right to do so. I think he's better suited like that type of number two role kind of scat back type of role and letting Zeke go, which was the right thing to do at the time, but not properly replacing him was not the best thing to do. Like, yes, Deuce Vaughn is great. Electrifying. We got to see him in the precinct a little bit, but he's small. You know, he's not a bruiser or anything like that. Zeke was a bruiser, you know, fourth and one, you're giving it to Zeke to, to go get you that yard. You know, you're not giving it to Tony Pollard. I'm sorry. You're just not though. 
and he's just not looked that all that good this year anyway, you know, not looked effective at all. It has not really been all that effective either. So Cowboys definitely have some decisions to make when it comes to that and figure out what they want to do as well to ultimately, you know, capitalize off this opportunity that they have. You know, this is this may be one of the best opportunities that we will ever have. You know, to win a Super Bowl, to especially get get back because if not, you know, Dak's gonna get super expensive next year. CD Lamb's gonna get expensive. Dak's already expensive, but he's gonna get even more expensive because he's had an MVP type of season. CD Lamb has established himself as that wide receiver one, so he's gonna want wide receiver one money. Then you got Micah Parsons, you know. So. Well, it's great we took care of Trevon Diggs already. It's like, those are three major players right there, you know. Then you got to go get a running back. Then you, you know, a secondary type of receiver, you know, because I don't really believe that's on the roster right now. <laughs> so it's all of those different factors. So they've got to capitalize off of this opportunity. They just do. They just do. Detroit, on the other hand, you know, they just had a, they had a really solid game. They just got a really bad call with the whistles, really. It absolutely sucked how they how the game ended up turning out for them, um, but uh, it, it just was not a good game for them. Well, not a good game as far as getting the whistles called for them. They played a good game. They played a good enough game to win. There's no doubt about that. Um, unfortunately, the you know the whistles just just didn't go their way, so. But Jared Goffey threw two picks, what definitely didn't help. You know, their running game kind of got slowed down a lot um, than it usually was. And, uh, yeah, it, it was just a really tough game for them. You know, there, there's no doubt they're going to bounce back and everything like that because this is not the same old Detroit. But, unfortunately, they're just not – they just didn't have a good game here, you know. And – like I said, they got the worst call of the whistles. It was just a lot of bad whistles, basically, on both sides, but especially towards the end, you know, with the elig- eligible receiver. Not, you know, was he eligible or not? I mean, it, I don't know. They said he wasn't, but, I mean, it looked like he reported, but then again, who really knows? <laughs> so, you know, but officiating just hasn't been that good this entire season. It's not been consistent. That's one of the main things that people really have had a problem with more than anything, so... But Detroit, they're going to be – you don't want to see Detroit in the playoff, in playoff time anyway. So getting into the Houston Texans and Titans game, I mean, C.J. Stroud finally returned, and, you know, he did C.J. Stroud things, another 200-yard performance and touchdown. And, you know, C.J. Stroud has really electrified that building. Their rookie class, Nico Collins, has really stepped up since Tank Dell has went down. They have solid tight ends, solid offensive line. And uh, they've really done some great things. They've been able to bring a lot of hope to that city. And more than likely, they are going to make the playoffs <laughs> because this has just been a really great turnaround for them. They've just been electrifying to see, and especially after everything the Houston Texans have went through and their fan base the past couple of years, and especially not having a really solid quarterback all this time. Now they finally have somebody I think is really going to make all the difference in the world because it's shown on the field. He's just been great for them. There's no doubt he should be the offensive rookie of the year. He definitely even found himself in the MVP conversation, so they already have an MVP candidate of the year one. So Houston Texans are <coughs> excuse me. 
absolutely going places. It's going to be very, very exciting to see what is next for them, you know, and what they do in the playoffs should they get there. But they more than likely will. <laughs> now, the Titans, on the other hand, I think the Titans have a lot more questions than they have answers right now. They're not entirely sure what they have going. There's a lot of changes that are probably going to be made. Um, Derrick Henry probably is not going to be there next season, for one, because um, he's kind of getting onto that older side of running backs, even though he's still highly productive. Ryan Tannehill, who did start this game, you know, he only threw for 168 yards exactly. No touchdowns. They only scored three points. I mean, and they got shut out the entire second half. I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> Just really been a bad season in Tennessee, but ultimately everything really started going downhill for them once they traded A.J. Brown for basically a bag of potato chips and a paperclip. <laughs> you know, because their first round pick, you know, no disrespect to him, but he just wasn't in A.J. Brown's, you know, caliber of player. He's not developed probably as they've expected. You know, and he's been hit with a lot of different injuries, unfortunately. They're his first couple years in the league. Doesn't mean that he won't ever be, you know, that first round receiver that they picked, but I think that Tennessee really took a step back when they decided to trade A.J. Brown, and then they just kind of have had that stuff happen since then. You know, Malik Willis probably isn't the answer for him either, so that's unfortunate. You know, had an amazing pro day, and you think he landed in a great situation, and really he has it, you know, because they take Will Levis the very next year, who they really, really like a lot. So I think that that's probably a positive for them, is that they were able to find some bright spots and a piece to build around with their quarterback in the future, of course, in Will Levis. So I think that'll be really exciting for them that they found him, but they've got to put pieces around him. DeAndre Hawkins has had a really good season, but he's also on the older side, so he's not going to be able to really develop and grow with Will Levis. But he'll be solid for him as being like a security blanket like he's been throughout this year and definitely next year if DeAndre Hopkins decides to stay. But they might want to offload that as well because they're going to probably be more in rebuild mode than retooling. Getting into our next game, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Chargers and the Broncos. Really interesting seasons for both these teams, to be completely honest. Um... The Chargers, on the other hand, definitely every year it seems like they get hit with the injury bug. I mean, this was just yet another year of getting the injury bug bid. Um, had to fire their head coach, had to fire their GM. You know, so nothing really has went right for them. I think they thought they were getting like an offensive guru, basically, in Kellen Moore. And I think more and more they're probably finding out why the Cowboys let him go. Because <laughs> um, while he does great things with offenses, that he does things that are also head scratchers at the same time so that's uh, frustrating the Chargers they have a lot to like about them but the team just really can't stay healthy that's the main thing that's the main problem is health it's like everything looks great on paper as some of these teams that we've seen do but you know then we get them actually on the grass and then you know injuries happen unfortunately and then all that great time and talent and all the work that's been put in kind of goes to waste at that point because the players cannot play because of these injuries that they they have you know now they have to recover recuperate and come back next season but this always seems like it hits the Chargers the absolute worst so they'll be back but I mean they gotta find 
someone to that's gonna be able to rate that ship and you know be able to help them get to really where they want to be at. Because <laughs> they just they've had the worst luck. <laughs> The Broncos, on the other hand, you know, they, they were flying high there for a moment. Russell Wilson was having a career resurgence. It seemed like him and the Sean Payton experiment were working. But, like, now Russell Wilson has been benched. They're potentially going to cut him. The Broncos are only, you know, 8-8. Eight eight, so they've come crashing back down to earth. And, you know, Sean Payton is basically being called out for being a bully to Russell Wilson and the team this entire season. So, Things have not been going well for them. Uh, the Broncos are going to definitely have to figure out what they want to do, where they're trying to go. I'm not really sure if this is a retool or a rebuild. I think it's a mix of both because they have pieces there that you like, but also they don't have the main piece right now. They don't have a quarterback, you know, because <coughs> they're willing to get up off of Russell Wilson, you know, and I don't think Jared Stidham is the answer. Even though both him and Easton stick through for 200 yards, this over 200 yards this game. And that he also threw for a touchdown. But, I don't believe that Jared Stenham is the answer. <laughs> you know, I think there was a reason New England was able to let him go and, you know, things like that. But he's obviously able to be a professional and, and you know, accomplish his dreams. So that's, that's, that's what matters most. The most, anyway. Um, but I don't believe that he's going to be the long-term answer under center. He may be able to be like a, a bridge, <laughs> basically, if they get a rookie quarterback in there. Or they maybe if they go get a veteran quarterback, there's going to be some veteran quarterbacks potentially available. Maybe Justin Fields, you know, uh, maybe Kirk Cousins, you know, so... You really don't know. Or maybe you can trade for a developmental piece like Trey Lance. I mean, you know, the Cowboys traded for him. But he's not, obviously, he's not taking over Dallas anytime soon. But, you know, maybe somebody can find those pieces that were able to make him the third overall pick just a few short years ago. Because he's not really had that opportunity because he's had his own injury. So, it'll be interesting to see what direction that the Broncos end up going. But right now, like, there's just not a whole lot that you can like that they've that they've done or that they're doing it at all. Um, then we also have the Falcons and the Bears. Falcons have just been incredibly frustrating this season. I mean that's that's all I can really say on that. Incredibly frustrating offense, defense has just been lackluster. And they just have a lot of different issues. A lot of different issues. You know, offensive talent that's being wasted and, you know, not really been able to capitalize on really the opportunities. They've been good one week, bad the next week, you know. That's really, that's really capitalized their entire season. They've benched Desmond Ritter for Taylor Heineke and then, you know, Ritter's back the next week. So it's just, I don't feel like they know what the hell they're even doing. So they really don't have a quarterback that they like. So they're going to need to go get a quarterback you know, for one, and actually find a coach that can use these offensive weapons to the to their best of their abilities. You know, we're sitting up here and we're wasting prime talent. You know, you're drafting these guys the first round, top ten, you know, top ten players, and then they're just getting a reception, a game, or they're coming out when you're driving down the field, which is just ridiculous, really. 
Because why would that be? You know? So, gotta find a coach that is willing to ultimately really use the most of the talent that he has. You know, Heineke had a horrible game. Three interceptions. He threw for a touchdown, but they lost 17-37. to The Bears, on the other hand, have to figure out do they want Justin Fields to be their quarterback or not. He's shown great improvement this year, but is it really enough for them to keep him? I mean, they do have the number one overall pick, so they have the pick of whoever they want, for sure. You know, but it's just about figuring out Justin Fields the answer. DJ Moore has, you know, been a godsend for him. He's been able to advocate for him greatly and help him reach new heights of where he wasn't able to go just this time last year. So we'll have to see, you know, we'll have to see. Because you got to give the quarterback time to develop in the system. The Bears' defense has been very, very good, you know, but it's just about do they want to wait another year for Justin Fields to continue to develop and develop his offense. But like I said, we'll just have to see what they ultimately end up deciding. Do they end up drafting a quarterback? Do they get more offensive weapons? Or do they even possibly trade down? We'll find out shortly because that decision is going to need to be made so that they know where they're trying to move ultimately. you know. But I do think that regardless, Justin Fields is going to be a good quarterback. It's just about who he's going to end up being a good quarterback for. Because <laughs> um, he has all the talent in the world, you know. But we'll find out. We will find out. Then we had the Dolphins-Ravens. I mean, ultimately, this game was just a blowout. You know, the Ravens were basically able to assert their dominance. Lamar Jackson has been fantastic this season. Is definitely a highly sought-after MVP candidate. Five touchdowns, over 300 yards. He was absolutely fantastic. You know, the Ravens have just dominated pretty much from the very beginning since the beginning of this season, and we just knew it was going to be different once they acquired all these different pieces. They drafted Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman has taken that next step. They got OBJ. They, Isaiah likely has taken that next step in the absence of Mark Andrew, and Mark Andrews was always doing great things like we've always seen him do you know, season after season. They've always been a fantastic running team, and then they've got contributions from pretty much everyone, you know, including Lamar himself, but he's not having to do it all. So the Ravens are very, very well positioned for the Super Bowl to make a prime Super Bowl run. You know, not only do they have the best record in the league, but they beat top teams. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the 49ers, you know. And, you know, they've been able to dominate from the very beginning. So it's about the Ravens to go very, very far. Dolphins, on the other hand, you know, this just was not their game. <laughs> You know, they had a they had an explosion like this early on the season with the Broncos, but ultimately they got them they broncoed they got themselves broncoed. <laughs> you know, Tua was okay. He threw for two touchdowns, but he also threw for two interceptions because the Ravens defense is top top. <laughs> you know, um, he threw for over 230 yards, but just wasn't enough. Their running game was great. You know, they had got Devin Achine back. You know, for this game. But it just wasn't enough. They just didn't have enough to compete with the Ravens' high-powered offense and defense, ultimately. And they've not really done well with teams over 500. I mean, they did beat the Cowboys last week. But, um, you know, they haven't done well with teams above 500. And a lot of their wins come with teams that are below the 500 mark and more than likely will not be in the playoffs. Um, you know, so 
it's it's been good to see too because we definitely he's still up there as being an MVP candidate, but it's like it's kind of definitely tailored off in these past couple of weeks because um, Lamar has just been playing just amazing. Dak has been playing amazing. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey, you know, the list goes on and on. But two is definitely in there. Probably won't win it like he was earlier this season, but, you know, he's still up there, still very much. And then the Dolphins have speed all over the place, so that's going to be very hard to defend come playoff time because it's hard to defend in the regular season. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens for them, and they're going to be able to kind of ride that wave of momentum, or are they going to kind of crash back down to earth like they normally do with the teams that are above the 500 mark. Only time we'll be able to tell. Saints Buccaneers essentially the Saints won, so they kept them they kept their playoff hopes alive for another week because they needed to beat you know the Bucks who were in their division. Uh, just a bad game for Baker Mayfield. He had two interceptions that really sealed the deal. Even though he threw for two touchdowns, Derek Carr probably had one of his better games as a Saint because it's been really bad. <laughs> you know he's been good you know kind of one week and then the other week you're just like. Huh? Or he has a series of bad weeks, and then, you know, he puts a performance up like he did that was able to beat a division rival, you know? So, it's it's been a frustrating season for them, because this is not what they expected. I think they expected a whole lot more from Derek Carr, um, and he's just kind of just been okay. It's not what they've been expecting. I mean, but they've been trying to find, you know, that quarterback successor since Drew Brees retired, and they just haven't been able to find him. You know, Jameis is there, but He's more of the backup, and they brought Carr in thinking that he was going to be able to take him to the next level, and I don't really think it's been what they bargained for, you know. Paid a whole lot of money for a guy that very well may be past his prime, but who knows, you know. Maybe he needs another season in the system and things like that. Only time we'll really be able to tell, and we'll see if they make the playoffs or not. Bucks, on the other hand, they've quietly had a really good season because Baker Makefield has quietly had a good season. He's really been able to relaunch his career and build upon what we saw what he did with the Rams last season, you know, and not what he did with the Panthers earlier in the season. So, you know, it's interesting. (laughs) Um, But Baker Mayfield definitely has earned the right to, you know, be the quarterback next year. If it's not for Tampa Bay, then for another team to at least – be a bridge because he's he's not a bus, you know, not a bus. Ultimately, he may not be what they expected, you know, that franchise game changer, but he definitely is a very very solid quarterback. You know, anybody who makes the NFL is is solid enough, you know, to make the NFL, which is not an easy feat at all, and especially be the number one overall pick and all the different pressures and things that come along with that. So I think Baker's been able to handle that admirably, and they still have Mike Evans, who went over for another 1,000-yard season. They still had Chris Godwin. They still had the makings of some of those pieces left on their defense with Carlton Davis and Devin White. You know, so they still had they still had their pieces you know, from that team. So, Antone Winfield Jr. as well. So, it's just, we'll just have to see where it goes, see who ends up coming out on top of the division and everything, and see what ends up shaking out ultimately, because it's going to be a battle to the finish. (laughs) We know that for sure. It's definitely going to be a battle to the finish to see what happens and, you know, ultimately who comes out on top in that division. Then we have the Patriots and the Bills. So the Patriots, 
Actually played very competitively against the Bills, but it just wasn't enough. But there's just so many different problems in New England. It's just insane. Um, they don't have a quarterback. They don't really have a running game, even though Zeke has had a little bit of a resurgence himself. But he's been running behind basically a poor offensive line. They don't have any receivers, you know, and they basically have a coach that very well may be on his way out, you know, or retiring. We really don't know yet, but they just uh, they just don't have a lot of fit right now. It's definitely rebuild mode for the Patriots because they just there's just not a whole lot to like. <laughs> you know, Bailey Zappi he threw for three interceptions and that, and they were still in this game, which is late. It just tells you, you know, still in this game, and because Josh Allen really didn't do a whole lot with his arm, he only threw for 169 yards and he had to pick himself, but they were able to make one more play, ultimately. So Patriots they just have to really figure out a whole lot of different things, quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, whether they're keeping their coach or not or looking for somebody new. It's just, it's a lot. So, we'll have to see where they go there, but Zeke definitely has been a bright spot, I would say. Their defense has been a bright spot in certain places, but, yeah, there's just a lot wrong with the Patriots, ultimately. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they have definitely flipped the script from the, uh, beginning of the season, because they were definitely going and trending down a very dark and out of the playoffs path, but they've been able to flip it and turn it around, and, you know, they played really, really good ever since they fired their offensive coach, so maybe it was the offensive coach, because now they've been on a roll, they've been rolling, Josh Allen has looked like an MVP candidate these past couple of weeks, not particularly in this game, but he's played a whole hell of a lot better than he was earlier in the season, you know, they have a running game, they have a lot of great pieces on offense, you know, Don Kincaid, they do have their James Cook, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, you know, Khalil Shakur, list goes on and on, and their defense has always been really, really good, they just have always ended up faltering off at the end, I think that's always makes them so frustrating, you know, they'll show you these great flashes, these great things, and then end up falling off, you know, towards the end of a season or have these random moments where they're not as great as they could be. But, uh, yeah. So, we'll we'll see what they do in the playoffs, but I, I just, I don't see them going really far because they're going to feel like they're going to crash back down to earth like they normally do and be incredibly disappointing, <laughs> you know. Getting into the Cardinals-Eagles game, like, this was a great game because <laughs> the Eagles lost, but which gave the Cowboys the basically the driver's seat to the NFC East, so that was great. And Kyler Murray played fantastic. I think, you know, they're going to have to give him another season, full season, to actually be in the desert and be with this coaching staff and everything like that because they didn't really have Kyler this year, and that's kind of the bad thing that really went for their season. But they also don't have a whole lot of receiving pieces as well. James Conner is definitely somebody they're going to want to bring back. He's not under contract next season, but Kyler Murray definitely has earned his right to be able to be the starter, you know, next season. He had three touchdowns, over 200 yards. He did throw a pick, but he was able to make one more play because they won 35-31 to to set up his team for success, ultimately. Um, and then James Conner just has been amazing this year, you know, another 120-yard plus game, touchdown, so Cardinals have a lot of different directions they can go in with their draft slot, because it's like top three, top four, if I'm not mistaken, so I think definitely adding another, like, offensive piece would be great, 
whether that's the offensive line or receiver, because they don't really have, like, a number one receiver, number one guy. So I think doing that would definitely be beneficial or even adding to their defense. But I think more so they need to add a number one guy for their offense so that Kyler can grow with having a number one guy, you know, as time goes on so they can really see what they have in him. But the Cardinals are going to be just fine, you know. They've shown that they have, can play some really tough games and play hard. They just need to have everything come together and have, you know, more guys in the building, essentially. The Eagles, on the other hand, have just completely, you know, fell off the face of the earth. They started off, like, 10-1, and one, and now they've, you know, very mixed results. They're out of contention for the number one seed, for sure. They're pretty much out for winning the number, you know, the number one, the one number one seed in the NFC East. It's just a lot has gone wrong with the Eagles. They've looked... Completely like a shell of themselves. You know, Jalen Hurts did throw for three touchdowns this game, but he had less than 170 yards. He also threw for a pick, <laughs> you know. And A.J. Brown had less than 100 yards, even though he was looking like he was the next coming of, you know, some of these great receivers we see in this league earlier this season. He's been really, really great for them since he has gotten to Philadelphia. But, you know, unfortunately, it just... They have a whole lot more problems than I think they were anticipating, and they are very much having, you know, their Super Bowl um, hangover, even though they didn't even win the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like there's just numerous problems in the building, and I think they're going to have to figure those out. But they, yeah. <laughs> Eagles are in a lot, a lot of trouble, for sure. A lot of trouble. You know, and they have been for several weeks because if you really look at it for this whole season, they have really gotten by with some really um, weak wins almost. You know, that's all. Panthers, Jaguars, I mean, the Panthers, I mean, there's really nothing to say here. They're more than than likely going to have to end up cleaning the house. (laughs) And what I mean by that is the entire coaching staff, GM, all that, and then move on and start fresh next season. They already fired the coach, so that already tells you everything you need to know. They scored zero points. There's not really a whole lot to talk about here, unfortunately, because there's just so many different things with the Panthers, you know, that needs to be fixed. You know, they got to build around Bryce Young first and foremost, um, you know, because there's definitely questions if he's a bust, and especially after seeing what C.J. Stroud has done in Houston, potentially bringing them to the playoffs, you know, you definitely wonder, did they make the right pick or did they make the wrong one? Um you know, he threw for only 112 yards and he had a pick. You know, and Adam Thielen is, is his top receiver. You know, not exactly someone that you think is going to, you know, build and grow with him because Adam Thielen is getting towards the tail end of his career and Bryce Young is at the very beginning. So, uh, yeah, the Panthers, I mean, and they traded all their picks, you know, to be able to acquire the number one overall pick last year. You know, traded quite a bit of capital for that, so... You know, they're going to have to really be smart about the capital they do have left and get free agents in there and really find something to sell them on. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Carolina is definitely one of the worst teams in the league. We know that. And there's no really easy, quick fix to fixing it because you got to figure out who really can come in there and, you know, really utilize this talent appropriately. Jacksonville Jaguars, on the other hand, they kept their playoff hopes alive. You know, they had 26. I mean, this was against probably not the worst team in the league, one of the worst teams. You know, C.J. Beathard was able to come in and make things happen in absence of Trevor Lawrence, of course. Travis Etienne Jr., you know, really carried them to the victory, excuse me, more than anything with 
102 yards and two touchdowns. But the Jaguars have other problems. Their defense is dreadful. <laughs> dreadful. They cannot stop a running nose. But, yeah, they, they were able to, you know, kind of bulk up this game. But it just, they've not been good. Their defense is definitely going to end up letting them down, you know, if they're not careful. But we'll see if they make the playoffs, you know. They don't. I mean, it completely would be a change from last year because they definitely they've had a they've had a down year regardless if they make the playoffs or not. This is not what you expected in year two, you know, this retool rebuild type thing. But they're more was a re, they're more of a was a retooling because they had so much turmoil from the previous year with Urban Meyer and things of that nature. So it's uh it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, going from here. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. You know, they're still in contention for it, so anything really can happen, you know. Week 18 means a whole lot more for them than probably they were expecting. (laughs) So, we have the Raiders and the Colts. Unfortunately, this ended, you know, the Raiders' chances of making the playoff, but the Raiders have played very, very hard this season, you know. It's very, very hard this season, so it's a shame to kind of see it end here, but you know, hopefully Antonio Pierce is able to be their coach because they really have played hard for him. A.N. O'Connell has played really well. You know, he had almost 300 yards this game, and he threw for two touchdowns. You know, the Raiders have just completely been a completely different team since they let go of, you know, Josh McDaniels ultimately and um, Mike Mayock. You know, they've been able to play a whole lot freer, a whole lot better. And you can see that in the room and in the building that they really love playing for their coach because they feel like they can be themselves. And that's super-duper important no matter what you're doing, that you feel like you can still be yourself, be you, you know. And that definitely is translating towards the field. So, The Colts, on the other hand, you know, they kept their playoff hopes alive, at least for one more week. (laughs) Gardner Minshew was great. You know, he had 224 yards, and he threw for a touchdown. You know, Jonathan Taylor did his thing, which we completely expected because he was finally going to be able, be able to get back up to speed. And they've just been able to really compile some really great season. I mean, great games together to make an overall great season. You know, because once Anthony Richardson went down, you really wasn't sure what you were expecting, even though you did have Minshew on the bench. You really weren't expecting to use him all that much because they were very excited about their rookie and they still are you know but he has to recover he has to get healthy and Minshew has done a very great job being able to fill in and keep this team very competitive and winning some ball games but he's been he was able to show that back when he was in Jacksonville when he was in Philly you know now he's showing that with the Colts so we'll have to see what ends up happening there and if they get to where they ultimately want to be at Rams over the Giants so you know, Matthew Stafford played this game. Pretty rough game for him. He throwing two picks, but he did throw a touchdown. He also threw for over 300 yards. You know, Kyron Williams cause continues to do his thing. Another 87-yard plus, another 85-yard-plus game. He had 87 yards, and he threw, he ran for three touchdowns as well. He's been really, really good. Their whole entire rookie draft class really has good. Him, Puka, you know, they're, they found... Offensive lineman, Puka's Puka had another hundred plus, you know, receiving yard game. So, the Rams are definitely a team that have all the makings of a team you don't want to see in the playoffs as well. Maybe we will be able to see that Detroit and Los Angeles Rams 
matchup where we get to see both, you know, Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford, you know, play against one another in the locations that they were at previously, you know. So Matthew Stafford's first time back at, you know, Ford Field in quite some time, you know. But the trade worked out great for both teams. The Rams got a Super Bowl out of it. And the Lions, they were able to find their bridge quarterback or their quarterback they'd like to keep around for the future right now, whichever way they look at it, you know. So it was a trade that worked out great for both sides. The Rams have quietly been able to really make some noise over these last couple of weeks, you know, really this whole season. You know, they still had Aaron Donald. They still had Matt Stafford. You know, they still had Sean McVay as the coach. So they weren't going to all just fall flat on their face and not be able to get up. These these guys have been able to really do some great things. And it's been really fun to see, ultimately. Giants, on the other hand, complete disappointment from where they were last year. You know, out of playoff contention, top 10 pick. Daniel Jones has been hurt for quite some time. You know, it's just really been a mess in New York this season. But Tyron Taylor was able to have a pretty decent game through another 300 yards, had a touchdown, had a pick. Darius Slate had a touchdown. He went for over 100 yards. You know, they still had Saquon on the team, but he really wasn't a huge factor in this game. You know, they ended up losing by a point. So they were right there the whole game, but unfortunately it just wasn't enough towards the end. But there's just, there's they're another team, there's so many problems. You're not entirely sure. You don't know if Daniel Jones is really returning back as a quarterback next year, if they're going to go in a different direction. Because they did just sign him to all that money last year, which is why we were incredibly like, what were they? What are they doing? This is the first time he's had a really good year. Now all of a sudden we're signing him to this big money. You know, but unfortunately, even if this is a mediocre quarterback, you know, you still got to sign him to the money that you think is appropriate if you want to keep that guy around. But, you know, they got to figure out what went wrong, really, because <laughs> this is not what they expect. They had a coach of the year, the most improved player, you know, last year, and now they're out the playoffs, top 10 pick, you know, don't really know what's happening next, don't know if they're going to re-sign Saquon or not, you know, what is Danny Dimes going to do? So there's a lot of questions, not a whole lot of answers right now for them. We have the 49ers and Commanders. 49ers were able to bounce back this game since they got completely shut out from the Ravens the previous week. And, you know, Brock Purdy was able to, to be Brock Purdy again because he three, four picks. Like, yeah, he threw for two touchdowns this game, two hundred threw for 230 yards. You know, Elijah Mitchell was able to give him a touchdown on the ground. And they also were able to have Brandon Ayuk go for over 100 yards in a touchdown. So the, the 49ers were going to be fine. They just ran into another good team this season. And to run into that very good team in the Ravens. The Ravens more than likely will be in the Super Bowl. If not, they're definitely making a run to the Super Bowl. No doubt about that. Commanders, on the other hand, they have a lot more problems. They've got to get a quarterback, uh, find a receiver to go on the outside of Scary Terry, get a running game, and Really figure out what they want next, because more than likely Ron Vera is not surviving this. Excuse me. We're going to have to get another coach, so figure out what that new ownership wants. That's definitely been the really the one of the only bright spots this season is that the new ownership has been able to come in and do some different things to hopefully take the Washington Commanders to the next level. But ultimately, 
you know, this is not going to be their season. They're going to have to retool, <laughs> rebuild, you know, again. Because even though they have some nice pieces, it's not been anything that's been super insane. So, you know, Scary Terry's nice. Antonio Gibson, they just traded away, you know, Chase Young and Monta Sweat. So they definitely want to go. They obviously want to go in a different direction there. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> That's all we can do. We're going to have to see what happens. But Commanders have just been exactly what you expected them to be pretty much this entire season. Subpar. <laughs> Steelers, Seahawks. Steelers have been able to come on quite nicely. Mason Rudolph has shown this is his time to be able to do something. He's been able to really right this ship and get the most out of this offense that we pretty much have seen this entire year. <laughs> so maybe he is the right person for the job. Najee Harris looked absolutely great. Another 100-plus yard game, two touchdowns. George Pickens, another 100-plus yard game. When he's going to throw the ball, we know he's absolutely insane. And we know that him and Mason Rudolph have a really good relationship. So they've only been able to develop that and take it to the next level even further. Um, yeah, Steelers, they're not going to be have a losing season. They're making the playoffs for sure. And I think that's a credit to really Mike Tomlin and the staff, you know, making changes when necessary, letting go of the offensive coordinator, getting somebody else in there and really getting the most out of this offense so that they can continuously keep moving forward and re-innovating and finding the right players that are going to be able to help them get to where they need to be at. Seahawks, on the other hand, you know, this was a game they really couldn't afford to lose. They need to keep pace and probably this is going to be knocking them out of the playoffs. You know, they'll have to get some help, you know, in this last week, but sure, a lot of teams kind of that are on the outside looking in need that type of help. Dino Smith, he was nice, you know, over 200 yards, he had a touchdown. Kenneth Walker, the third, had a touchdown. DK Metcalf, he also had a, over 100 yards. So, a lot of nice pieces in Seattle. I mean, there's just not a whole lot um, that's expected. Um, it was different than it was last year, kind of like how we saw with the Giants. They overachieved, did everything that we didn't really expect them to do after training. Russell Wilson wondered if that was really even the right trade to make, and then we clearly, clearly found out that that was. We saw the decline of Russell Wilson, but then Russell Wilson been able to pick it back up this year. You know, Gino's been able to keep his solid, steady play, but, you know, the Seahawks have only just really been solid this season. Not great, but not awful. You know, just enough, but, you know, they're probably going to end up missing on the playoffs more than likely. The Bengals and the Chiefs. Chiefs honestly need this one because the Chiefs have been way different than what we've expected, you know, grown accustomed to over these past couple of seasons. The perennial Super Bowl contender because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but we kind of find out that that's not really been enough this season, you know? It's not really been enough this season. They don't have any receivers, you know, Really, for Patrick, you know, Travis Kelsey looks like he may have lost a step or two. So it's really been, you know, tumultuous season for them to really figure those things out. Patrick Mahomes did throw for over 200 yards. He had a touchdown. Isaiah Pacheco had over 100 yards. And Rasheed Rice has really been coming on for them the past couple weeks. You know, he finally has been having these 80-plus, 100-plus yard receiving games these past couple weeks. So they do have a receiver in him. But... Pretty much everybody else around is is not been really subpar. So definitely their offseason needs is definitely gonna get a receiver, <laughs> go get some receiving targets. Cincinnati Bengals on the other hand, 
you know, Jake Browning has definitely been nice the past couple of weeks, but they just ran into the Kansas City Chiefs because they finally decided to really show up and play. And the Chiefs' defense is actually very good, you know, very, very good. So, you know, Jamar Chase held under 50 yards. Joe Mixon only had 65. Jake Browning only had 197 yards and a touchdown. So, unfortunately, you know, the Bengals, they just – are not going to really be able to see, the, to see their fullest potential this year because of the Joe Burrow injury. And even though they have all the, you know, pieces and everything that you like, you know, Jake Browning's just not able to really lead that team into the playoffs, you know, and, you know, take it to that next level of elevation. You know, he's been able to keep him right there, keep him steady, but being able to take him to the playoffs, that's not something that's going to be applicable here at all. <laughs> And then we had the Packers and Vikings. I mean, this was another exciting game. We got to see Jordan Love basically in prime time and saw that he very much has taken the next step. He's leading that team. Bob Milton, you know, somebody else on their practice squad was able to be extremely competitive and helpful for them. He gave him over 100 yards. He had a touchdown. Aaron Jones over 100 yards. Jordan Love had three touchdowns, over 200-plus yards. So he's very much coming into his own. It's very exciting to see as he continues to grow what he's going to be able to do and where he can take this team at. But they definitely have their quarterback of the future. There's no doubt about that. Vikings, on the other hand, you know, Nick Mullins has not been able to really do a whole lot with the starting gig. <laughs> Probably should have really just had Josh Dobbs be in there because he at least was able to do something. But, you know, that, you know, Nick Mullins, Jaron Hall, like, not really anything. Josh Dobbs is the only one that won games as their quarterback. So um, he had, you know, a touchdown. Joseph Jefferson only had 59 yards. Ty Chandler was nothing. Kyle Home about 40 yards. So Vikings, they do have some decisions to make themselves. Whether they're gonna bring Kirk Cousins back, because you gotta have, you gotta have that guy at the at the top position in the league. So, and these other options that they've ran through are clearly not the answer <laughs> that they are looking for. So they gotta find out who is the answer, who can be the answer, and then really go from there. Um, but yeah, this is. Not really big with the Vikings played because they were on a they were on a pretty good tear when Kirk Cousins was, you know, the guy. And unfortunately, you know, injuries just struck this season. Like they do every season, you know. And it just sucks, you know, because this team could have been so much better. But, you know, Kirk will be back next year if the Vikings decide to resign him. And, you know, we'll see what happens then. But that would bring us to the end of our recap. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, so much for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. Please like, comment, share, and keep listening. Keep liking up the content. Subscribe. <laughs> you know, share the podcast with a friend, and let me know what you think in the comments on the social media. Just thank y'all so much for listening, for tuning in each and every week. And we're going to start this new chapter off together. I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I thank y'all for all the support you showed. And will continue to show and I just can't wait to see where we all go. So thank you all so much again. I love y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all take care and I'm going to see y'all in the next one. Love y'all. Bye.